church boys. So now, now the mic levels are all thrown off because that that thing, I didn't know it had music on it. The little intro. Maybe the countdown was a bad idea, guys. Maybe <laughs> it was a really bad idea. So Billy's got this all is this- like when somebody buys a chainsaw or gets one for Christmas and they decide to cut everything down. We're just like playing with all these <laughs> so, new toys. Well, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, this is a professional broadcast. We well, have we're trying to new bring technology. the video, right? Which is it's what, a little more the, professional than pro, though. Because, this experience <laughs> because everybody's I been mean, demanding to see us. So everybody, we are very, very big commodities in Uganda, and also no, apparently right now we're about to. But we this is kind of a mystery. We're about to crack the one hundred, the top one hundred in politics <laughs> and commentary. And we have, I we have no idea why. We have no idea why. We have no idea how because we have no access to any of our stats. None of them. <laughs> this is this is what happens when a bunch of tools get together and try to do a podcast. I will point out that we are in the order of our logo icons right now. That's true. I was so, just noticing that. It's very Christian of us. Um, yes. So what are we starting with today? We're oh we're, we have to talk wait, about so what? Uh, now you have now I've forgotten. Now I forgot. No, I I'm don't sure. Well, you're elderly. You need some echinacea or whatever it's called. Whatever boosts memory. Echin- whatever, whatever Biden needs <laughs> you need. Echinacea. Echinacea. First echinacea. of all, yeah, that's. I, that's I think I mixed it up with I euthanasia, swear. by the way, because I, I was just doing a discussion, having a discussion about euthanasia. Most, pe- most, um, pe- most people don't know this, but Bully's wife is a special ed teacher, and she is mm-hmm. about the only person who could have ever married Belly Hallowell. Well, Chris, you look down at the breaking. Oh, guys, breaking news! Breaking news! Look down at the ticker. (laughs) Breaking news! Those of you who are watching (laughs) this, you will see (laughs) breaking news. Um, But, but the thing—I know you've got some gems up your sleeve, I'm sure today, Chris. But, but there was something. I woke up this morning and I thought, I need coffee. But before I get coffee, I need to see what President Trump is saying because that always wakes me up. (laughs) You know what? You know who sent you that message first thing this morning? As soon as it popped up, right? I mean, like within seconds, I sent you that. (laughs) You and Dan Andros, the, the faith editor over at, uh, or the editor Faith over Wire. at Faithwire, you both sent it to me within yeah. like two seconds of each other. Dan, Dan and I would get along famously. I think if, we, I mean, we already do, but I mean, if we work together, oh yeah, I'd be. Yeah, I'd pray for him if that happened. But what I, I mean, Trump has sent a lot of tweets today. I actually had a hard time finding this one. I took a lot of heat for this. People unfollowed me over this today. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I, I mean, which is fine because here in, and Lucas, I know I'm not trying to be anti-Trump here. I know that you're a big, like you're a fan of, of Trump, you know, but, but I understand it. We've talked it through on this show and I get where you're at. Um, but this kind of, we're going to read the so before we, you're so weird. Are you watching him on the video? Me? Yeah, I was. No, Sorry. Watching him. Um, the thing, the thing is, right, that if the things that Trump tweets, if Obama ever e- said anything even oh, half yeah. as crazy, people go crazy. The right would have imp- like spontaneously combusted oh, yeah. and imploded. Yeah. And you know, so I wake up and and I, Chris, do you want to read it? I feel like you yeah. would read it better than I would. I don't, I don't, I can't, I don't have a Trumpy voice. I can't do it. I can't do a Trumpy voice. Okay, all right. So let can me. Can you do it? Can you do a Trump impression? I don't know. No, I, I can't do any. I'm going to do it in the voice. I, I'm that not going to try it for the first time on like live on the show. I'm going to. I'll go it's in the bathroom real, later and work on it. But I will. Uh, with universal, really with universal mail-in voting. Okay, go ahead. I can't. Well, do it. I I was going to try to do like the voice I imagine is in his head <laughs> while he's thinking about what he's going to say. 
with universal mail-in voting, <laughs> not absentee <laughs> voting, which is good, no, but 2020 gonna... will be the most inaccurate and fraudulent election in history. That was in caps. It will be a great embarrassment to the USA. Delay the election until people can properly, securely, and safely vote? Question mark, question mark, question mark. They say, that's amazing. <laughs> How did you do that? So, <laughs> what a so, strange morning this was. Delay the election. We have the quote here. Delay the election until people can properly, securely, and safely vote. So can I just ask a question, and then I'll let you guys take it yeah, away, and I'm yeah. not going to go on a rant. If it's – we have been listening for three weeks about how safe schools are going to be. They're wonderful. There's nothing to worry about. He had a campaign rally with a zillion people at it. Nothing to worry about. Suddenly, when he's down 15 points in the polls, yeah. it might not be safe to vote. Right. That's <laughs> Well, yeah. you know what I can say? You know what? I, there's only two things I can say to that. First – Person, woman, man, <laughs> camera, TV, and <laughs> that's all I can say. That's all I got. What do you make? What do you guys make of this? I mean, I don't know. He's trolling someone. I so I know Lucas. Lucas is the the is our group's Trump sycophant. We all we all know this. <laughs> But so I, I, he, so he's going to defend this guy. This guy is going to yep, is going yep. to is going to defend him, which is fine. And I here's what here's what I will say about what Trump said. I don't think Trump is a strong man. I don't think I don't buy any of the things that the left says about him being somebody who wants to take over. He says stupid things about authoritarianism. I think he he compliments you know Putin and he compliments Xi over in China and how they've kept things in line because they're strong men. And that's what they do. They use their military against their own people, right? I don't think Trump's that guy. But the left likes to play like he is. So then he goes out and says something like this and completely plays into their hand. I don't understand why he would think that it's a good idea. Well, because the economy contracted 32%, the worst in history. So it would, it would make sense to try to take away from that attention with but something they, even crazier. But they, but they, uh, he's, he's, he is saying in that tweet exactly what they have accused him of wanting to do. Delay the election. And, and uh, we're like, he doesn't want to delay the election. That, he knows that. And he, he can't do it. But but the crazy the crazy thing is it, he actually said, like, the words that they have used. Should we delay See, the I, election? I think that's why he's saying it. I don't think that there's anything in him that is really wants to delay the election, election or, you know, is that this was some sort of serious thing. I don't think he was joking. I think he was poking the hornet's nest. And going, you know, because I mean, yeah, there's in the Trump rally, there's stuff happening, but there's still a ton of places, and especially a lot of the 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 left is still saying we should be closed down and schools shouldn't open and all these things shouldn't happen. And and you know, this is really an attack against mail-in voting. And so basically, if it's so not safe that you have to have mail-in voting, then let's delay the election. And so what he's trying to go is either it's safe to have an election and we don't need mail-in voting. Or let's delay the election. And so right. he's trying to put them in a position, in my opinion, that he's trying to force that conversation to happen, that if it's not really safe, then we shouldn't be having an election rather than, you know, um, like that, that. there's a strategy here. It's not, you know, so, I think there's times where Trump is just out there, you know, and it, there's just a tweet. Um, I don't see that as so I don't see this as that. You don't think his strategy is to deflect, 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 but to actually make a counter argument to the don't open schools? I think that he is making a counter argument argument for the mail-in voting. 
I think that's what this is totally. I, doesn't it support towards. the mail-in voting? Trump? To, yeah, to say it's too, it's too, it's too dangerous to go vote. We should do mail-in voting. Isn't that? Isn't that what? It, no, I think what he's saying is, if what you're saying is that it's not safe to go anywhere, um, then right, let's so delay have, the election no, because mail-in mail voting, voting isn't really. But I feel like they're fine with mail-in voting. I don't. I don't. I mean, I'm not hearing people on the I left. Don't, say, I don't like it. Well, it's, I don't trust people in it's general. It's a mess. So. Yeah, it's and, a mail-in voting is a mess. And it's, I mean, one it, of the, it's, it's one of the criticisms. Washington State was one of the first, if not the first, state to be. We are all mail-in. We don't go to the polls anymore, which really annoys the snot out of me. If you can't wow. be bothered wonderful. to go, if you can't be bothered to go vote, then maybe voting's not for you, right? I th so, I think it was Kill Me today talked about how his mom, who had passed away, got a stimulus check. And a uh, uh, um, uh, like a you know package for sending in her mail-in vote, right. you know after after her death. So I mean, it's like there's all sorts of problems with that. I just think that, and I'm not saying that this is the best logical argument. I'm not saying you know I'm not I'm not in his head, and I'm not uh, you know contrary. He's to not either. So that he's not <laughs> the, either. <laughs> I just think that he's trying to. I think he's trying to kind of combat this. He's stirring it. He's he's poking the nest a little bit. Uh, to see what comes out of this. But aren't we tired? Is anybody else tired of that? I like I I yeah. my th I am so exhausted from it. And I actually think a lot of his supporters are starting to get tired of it, too. I, I think people who who are diehard Trump people who love the yes, he's attacking is attacking. But at what point is the toxicity of let me just poke the hornet's nest? Let me divide people. Let me create more. And he's not alone. The left is doing it, too. At what point do we say enough is enough? I actually think this, what made him electable the first time, is what will really hurt him this time. Because I think four years of it is too much now. I could be and, wrong. And and that that very well could be. I think that, you know, there's there's that undercurrent of the right doesn't know how to stand up for themselves or how to fight or how to get stuff done. And so, you know, it appears like, I mean, here we are four years after you know, 2016, we still have zero indictments for, you know, all the scandals that happened with the election. Um, you know, so I, I think that like, there's still evidence that the right is weak when it comes to standing up for things. Now, I'm not for an insult culture. I'm not for, you know, obviously just, you know, throwing out kind of, you know, crazy messaging and all those kinds of things. But I think that we do, the, the right doesn't know how to stand it's ground for morals and also still fight really tough political battles. Yeah. Those things always feel like in conflict with one another. I think. Can I, Chris, I'm sure you want to say something. No, but I, I'm fine. I was just going to say, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I would, I wanted to say one, one other <laughs> thing that, and I agree with you. I agree with you. The problem, the issue that I have is that I, part of me worries as somebody who voted for Trump, which I haven't actually probably openly said too much, maybe on the show a couple of years ago in 2016, we need a banner me, at the bottom. What worries me is that part of what you just described is how we got Trump. And now we are people who no longer care about morals and values. We don't think leaders should have them for the first time under with Trump, the same people, not just evangelicals, but, but everybody on the right, no, like we were the most likely to say we want people to have integrity. We we no longer say that. We don't seem to care about much of anything. We're not standing on principle. One of the biggest issues that bothered the right, the national debt is at almost $27 trillion and counting. And he, under Trump, that has expedited insanely. Nobody talks about the debt anymore. Almost nobody. Um, so like all the values that we stood for seem to no longer matter because 
I, I guess of the Supreme Court. I don't know. Like yeah. I, I, I guess because no. yeah, we. The, go ahead, Chris. But, well, I, I agree with you, but I, I think that it's not even just about the Supreme Court. I think that the 2016 election was a go get them election. It was a screw the media, screw the Democrats, screw the left. You know, let's. It's a get even with themism attitude, and it's not. What about now, and It's not healthy. People still want to get even with them, and they've enjoyed Trump taking shots. But I think there are people. I I do think that there are people who at the beginning were like liked it, and but and now are tired of. It. I think I think my parents would be included in that. They're like I, would I just be like included I, in that. I like I'm that, I like that there's it. somebody that's hitting back because they've been so nasty to us all along, and now he and and now they've had four years of it. and They're going, okay, maybe this is maybe we've just done this too much. It's getting old. I just want to see something done. You know, I want to see action taken and i don't need it i don't need anybody to be called a name i just want to see you know corruption rooted out yeah. and integrity restored and all those kinds of things and so you know it's i don't care where that comes from or who does it but i think that we're still a long way from you know that happening which we've you know seen even in in some of the uh you know in some of the hearings this week that have happened yep well it, se it seems like both yeah i mean listen i anybody who's going to run for office they're going to be corrupt in some way i feel like we're at that point now it's like yeah. you know how many people around trump have been involved in criminal they've been involved in alleged criminal things or they've been found guilty of things that have nothing to do with the claims the democrats have but that show <laughs> that show that there's uh, again this issue of more of morals and values and what we i guess like at some point if we're christians i guess the question i have is like we you have to fight sometimes but at what point are we sacrificing what is good and true for the raw? And you don't do this, but for the rah, 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 thank God he's doing this. This is so great. He's getting them back. He's calling yeah. people horse faces. Like, yeah. where's that line? Yeah, look, I've never been, I've never been no. in support of like the name calling and those sorts of things. I mean, I, you know, Trump won me over on, on a lot of policies that supported the church that supported the, the, you know, um, you know, kind of defended religious persecution. Uh, I, you know, I like some of those other stances. I'm not a huge fan of, you know, he is much more, uh, you know, he doesn't have the same fiscal restraint that I would like to see right. in a president. And so that's something that, you know, I would, uh, I would, <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be distracting. Excuse her. If you're listening, if you're just listening to the audio podcast, Billy is putting messages on the uh you really gotta check uh, people you really do need to check out the video because it's gonna be yes. fun. you see our ugly mugs which is not that entertaining but it's fun because we can put messages up there and billy's billy has access to it so he can write whatever he wants on here yeah none of the rest of us have he's gonna the you're gonna to write to you're, you're just gonna suddenly read, see the word shart all over the place you're going to see <laughs> pardon yeah, me I, a warning I think that... to pedro i would warn you you might see the words fat bastard on there I don't know what you're going to wind up seeing when it's lunch. We are going to get an explicit rate. We're going to be the first faith-oriented. Uh, that's probably not true, actually. I'm sure there's already oh, no. some that carry that in today's world. You know, look, I, I mean, he, he did. He won me over on. I mean, I'm, I'm a guy who, you know, I like to claim that I said that Trump was going to be president in 2012, that he would be the next president, and so that was something that I saw, um, you know, early, and it was, it was actually probably 2011 before. Uh, before uh, you know Obama uh, came in the office, and so it's or before that before that that the second term, and and I think that um, there's a lot of great things there. Now this is a guy who's worn out. He's been. I mean, it's it's like him against the world, and mm. and I think he also uses that victim card, you know, and we see that a lot in the tweets and everything else, and that's part of the strategy. That's part of getting people on board. And I can like him and still identify, 
you know, that as that it's happening, you know, at the same time. I don't like that that's the thing, but this is. Well, so here's the thing. This might Luke, be the night that I leave the church. Lucas, Lucas, this is. And we all know what really won you over, though. It was his spectacular memory. Person, woman, man, camera, TV. <laughs> if you get it in order, you get extra points. He said, nobody gets it in order. It's actually not that easy. But for me, it was easy. Person, woman, man, camera, TV. Ladies and gentlemen. Hello! From the sublime to the ridiculous, but mostly ridiculous. Billy Hollowell. Hey, does this suit make me look fat? It's not what he said, you ignorant wretch. Chris Field. Bad guy in little coat. Let me tell you why I suck. Lucas Miles. I want you to forget what you saw here today. Aw, I've interrupted happy time. The Church Boys. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I hate these guys. <laughs> so, Billy, we had a couple topics we were going to bring up here at the after we talked about Trump's tweet this this um, from this morning. Were there other? Where, where do you guys want to go? Do you want to go? We've got a, we've got a few options. There was the, this is an exciting the, show today. We have a lot yeah. of stuff happening. The, the prosperity, I mean, I mean, the prosperity gospel pastor person that I think that is buddies with Lucas. There's um, <laughs> Todd White is his name, and he has quite the hairdo. I've got to tell you, Todd White might have me beat in the hair territory. And I will we say, could, if you're watching the video, I, it's it's a little down today, so I'm sorry. Is there about no product that, so. in there? Is this just net? I, is this I have product, but it's been a long day. Oh, I mean, it's okay. 9:30 here, and I've been going hard. So, right. so, so we've got that. We've got that option. We could do a. We've got um a mask discussion we could have because Billy recorded mm. some nonsense for another television channel. And we also, I guess, we I just also, say things now. We could also talk about COVID. COVID nineteen. <laughs> so whatever you guys want to do, where do you want to go? Uh, we we also have the uh, the John uh, is it Orberg uh, story as well, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think we should talk about Todd White because I think it's super. Let's start interesting. there. Okay, you guys yeah. are going to have to lead this because I don't know Todd White at all. And how you said yeah about the other stories exactly how I felt after I read the article. So that was. Like, yeah, you know, that was, that was there. So we yeah. might get to that later. OK, so um, I will I will set this up uh, because I'm probably most familiar. So Todd White is, um, you know, he's got a guy. It, I, he I think he's been described as like lifestyle Christianity. Um, he's a guy that is known for um, uh, praying for people for physical healing, but not in your kind of Benny Hinn sort of way. You know, it's like out on the street, like walking down the street, sees somebody prays for him. Uh, they've done some film work. They've, you know, kind of documented uh, some of those stories. Uh, and he's he's actually, you know, taught a pretty strong grace message, which would put a lot of people that are kind of in my camp would also say, hey, yeah, I like Todd White stuff. Um, and and he's been accused of being a, uh, yeah, a prosperity um, uh, preacher. Uh, he was featured in a, I think the, I think it was a Netflix show, American Christianity. That kind of oh, went after him. Is that him the one from, from yeah. Pelosi's daughter? Is that the one? Did she record that? Who did that? Uh, who did that one? I don't know who did okay, that one. But it was, they went after Joel Steen. They went after Todd White, a few others. Oh. So you know, he had some pretty strong kind of uh, uh, words about you know what he thought about that. It mentioned in the article, but um, you know, so so Todd just just came out and basically has. I think he did a video for this as well. There's there's some news stories out there if anybody wants to find out more about it. But basically came out and said that um, he 
he feels like that he is uh, felt like he got saved all over again and that he's kind of repented for, I believe what he said is not preaching the whole gospel. Uh, so, uh, Billy, you want to, I'll pass to you. You want to jump in any more on that? I kind of define that. Yeah. What I thought, I actually want to read a quote from him because I thought this was interesting. And this is one of, one of the critiques obviously of, and I want to, I want you to talk more about prosperity gospel too, because this is, I think an area that is confusing for people and there's, and there's a range. It's not just like you, I feel like you throw that term out and it immediately sort of dismisses somebody. And then you sit down and talk with people and there are different levels to which people will believe things that fall under that category. So let, let's talk about that. But, but Todd White said, and I thought this is interesting. If people don't know their sinners, they won't see their need for a savior. This is hard for people. This is hard for me because I feel like I haven't preached the whole gospel and I repent. I repent. You have no idea. I will not be responsible. Um, I believe that when I preach that the blood of people is on my hands and I, and he went on from there, but I thought that was a really you rarely get to see people make a change, especially when they're public figures yeah. in the church. That is that much like I was a mess and I was wrong. And I was actually people's blood was on my hands, essentially. And and I was wrong, you know. Yeah. So well, I don't know. What do you guys think about so that? What, I, I, don't, I still don't know what. So what does it mean when he's saying he's not preaching the full gospel? Like I, I would get it if Joel Osteen came out and, and said that. I would say, OK, I think I know what he's saying because there's been this focus he has been accused, maybe even more more than is warranted, Joel Osteen, of the prosperity gospel. I think it's I think that there's a lot of it warranted. I think that some people blow it out of proportion. Then there's the whole Benny Hinn side, like Benny Hinn's nephew is talking about this guy being the the next generation of his uncle Benny Hinn, right? And Benny, Benny Hinn was he prosperity gospel? Or he was just a faith healer, right? I mean, that's what his th- shtick was. Right? Well, I mean, it, it, look, it depends on. I mean, prosperity gospel or prosperity teachers are is is sort of this uh moniker that's given really as a as an insult or as a you know statement of heresy uh or you know kind of defining somebody as being a heretical teacher so i mean i i know very few pastors in the charismatic world that would go i'm a prosperity guy you know and so uh i think they would define it different ways you know where most of these guys start and kind of where the theology starts is that um that and and I know for me personally, I mean, I've probably had people that have accused me of being a prosperity guy. Uh, if they knew that I drove a you know 2013 you know van, then they uh, they might they might take that back. But um, the uh, right you know they start with John 10:10, and that is the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, but I've come to give you life and life to the full. And so you know a, a foundational idea of um, of the gospel for people that are probably accused of this is that God wants us to have our best lives, that he wants to give us, you know, life in full abundance that, you know, more than we could ever imagine. They would look to passages, you know, where Moses, you know, uh, is, you know, sort of, uh, you know, choose life, choose death, uh, choose blessings, choose cursing. You know, we see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, you know, all these patriarchs who were, incredibly wealthy who were blessed in abundance and they would say look if god did that under the old covenant then god can bless you under the new covenant and it, they would you know um but but here's where the shift happens the the shift happens where there are there are people that i think have a really great handle on the gospel who understand that there's you know there is a thing of sowing and reaping but you know, they're not taking this to touch the screen and God wants to give you a Lamborghini, you know, kind of televangelist pastor. I mean, that's not who Todd White is, um, where you saw some of those attributes with some of the past, you know, TV televangelists 
names that are out there. And, you know, I don't want to disparage, you know, any of them by just, you know, rattling off names. I respect these guys, even the ones I disagree with. Um, but the I think that the abuse that happens is and the distinction, you know, where Todd is saying is that, you know, he in the article, what I felt like he was saying was, you know, he's teaching healing, he's teaching prosperity, he's teaching these things. He's not repenting of doing that. What he's repenting of is not also making it clear that people are sinners in need of a savior. And so what you're seeing is somebody who's going like, look, I'm not trying to take away from, I mean, my, my, you know, assessment of this is I don't think you're going to see Todd back away from faith healing. I don't think you're seeing him back away from some of these other messages of, of, you know, God wants you well, all these sorts of things. I think you're going to see him add into that is, you know, apart from Christ, you know, we're in depravity and, and you're going to bring that, he's going to bring that back in. I think that's a more balanced approach to the gospel. When I talk about the gospel of grace, it starts with, you know, Romans one and two that we recognize in the end of chapter three, like all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. You have to start there. But the problem is, you know, where a lot of guys like this, you know, and then I'll stop is they've started ministering to Christians who are living like these kind of, you know, sort of crippled spirituality. And that was their initial ministry. And so I think at the time that Todd started his ministry, that's what the church needed to hear that he was ministering to. Now the world has changed. The world needs a different message. And so I see, I'm seeing him really, in my opinion, hearing the Holy Spirit and shifting to really address what's necessary at the time. I mean, a lot of these churches are simply missing the core of the gospel too. I don't know that he was because I've never listened, but they're they're missing that they're doing all the things you described, um, which I think the prosperity piece, you know, that's an interesting discussion. I think there's a lot in the Bible that points to God wanting to offer, you know, even wealth to people, certain people in the Bible. Um, and there there's a lot to say also that the poor, uh, you know, I guess my issue is that there are people who connect poverty physical poverty with with actual spiritual poverty right? like, and that like that's those, always like, the case like people who say that pastors should be poor yes like those people yeah i never said that i just said i don't think i should be funding the lamborghinis uh -huh. but, oh you know. okay never mind. so look i mean and again i think i called uh i think i called you a liberation uh um you know movement guy uh when when we taught had that conversation but you know i mean i i i i've I resonate with teachers like Todd White or, mm -hmm. you know, Andrew Womack or guys. Yeah, how else are you going to afford your hairdresser? <laughs> right. Yeah. The I mean, the there is if you read scripture without any other, there's no other way to read scripture without recognizing that God wants good for his children. Yeah. Now, the problem is the nature of Christianity. And this is I don't think this is a problem as much with these some of these names that are teaching. And look, there are bad there are bad actors out there that are using the gospel to you know fund their world uh and i think there's also people that people think are using the gospel to fund their world that have just been blessed because of their books have sold and everything else you know i mean if church boys you know if we hit uh, top 100 you know we all might become millionaires overnight with our with our you know great uh, sponsors and sponsored by hair care products and you know all these sorts of things and i mean we're so close we're so close and then we're going to have all these accusations that yeah, these guys, fine. oh, these I'm, church I'm, boys, you know, fine. they're driving, they're driving, fine you know. Me. Yeah, right? That's fine and by so me. Get that, aqua, get that Aquanet contract. It's so easy contract. to criticize. It's so easy to criticize this yeah. stuff from the outside. And I think that we have to distinguish between are they teaching a gospel that that promotes dying to ourself and living for the Lord and utilizing our resources for the Lord, uh, or are they teaching a gospel that is just amplifying self 
and and making it all about some well, sort of manipulation and guilt. So, but, well, the, the big difference the big difference between the two is do I use am I going to use God for my ends or am I going to let God use me for his ends? That's yep. the that's the difference between but, the two. That's a question that has to be asked. I think the disconnect for some people and we had a hypothetical conversation to go back to the this is a previous episode. I would not go and name people necessarily and say just to clarify that I have a theoretical idea of what I believe is right in my mind and in my heart, but I'm not going to go out and say this person, that person. But I do think the challenge is that what you just said is totally true. I agree with what you both said. But when you see people who appear to be telling everyone else to die to self and do those things, but it doesn't always seem like they're doing those things in their own ministry, that's between them and God. But that disconnect is what creates some of this tension i think on and, this and, issue and, you know in my opinion dying to self has nothing to do with how much money's in your bank account you can have a bunch of money in your bank account and be using it for the gospel and being sure but what if you're not using it for the gospel that that's what i'm talking about but, what if you're not but, but you're telling everyone else they have to but again you're taking their money it's but but what we're doing is, the, the moment we think every, that the nearest fallen is everybody else and and we're making a judgment about that situation and about that person and so if you don't if you don't feel like somebody is being a good steward then just just don't give to them you know, and well, and that was my point. That's right? all I said to you guys when you were on me about it. I oh, wouldn't personally I, give. That wasn't all you said. Well, I heard her because to I think that's wrong. That episode. Well, let, well, but here's the thing. Why would you not give to them? Not to like rehash this whole thing. Why would you stop giving to them if it's not wrong? If it's wrong, you're not giving to them. So I was just saying, I think it's wrong and I wouldn't get and I wouldn't support that personally. But, but the, the problem personally. is, is that people make, you know, anytime you have a leader to be a leader is to be judged and to be a leader is to be put in a position where. People are looking at you most of the time without asking, without inquiring, without, you know, doing any due diligence. And they're just making a judgment about that. And if you have more than they do, they're going to assume that you're a bad steward, you know, and that you're just taking this all for yourself. And so, you know, I, I think a guy like Todd White has has done some incredible things for the gospel. I think he has been a real blessing to people. I don't know him personally. I haven't met him. I know I, you know, we have mutual, you know, we have mutual friends and acquaintances uh, that uh, that are in that world. Um, and so, you know, I, but, I, but I'm, I'm, I love what he did. I, I think this is awesome. You know, I, this is the kind of stuff that I've been teaching for a long time is that, you know, look, we can, we don't, have, it's not an either or, and this is the problem The gospel becomes so binary, like everything else in society that we can recognize that, you know, I'm called to die to myself and I want to be able to utilize the resources that the Lord brings into my world. Uh, otherwise we all moved to monasteries, you know, and what those guys had a reputation of just, you know, being beggars on the street and that wasn't helping people either. And so, um, you know, it's just really easy for this pendulum to swing back and forth. And I think that, I think that Todd is, is really came to a place of balance and I'm excited to see where this goes for him. Yeah, I, I think it was good. I think it's, I think it's a good thing. I think we should talk more. We should actually bring, we should facilitate another discussion on this at some point. I'm just curious, like, I want to know what others, what others think. And I tend to, sympathize with your viewpoints on it i think in his case listen he's realizing he had a gap he had the core of his ministry it sounds like was weak and when that core is weak people's blood is i don't think that's fair i don't think it's i think that's what he's saying when you read that when you read those quotes he's saying i don't mean I, i don't think that's what he's saying i think what he's saying is he's recognizing the need in the time that we're at where we are to you know to share and i'm not saying that he would that he wishes he wouldn't have done this before but i I just think that i think that saying the core of his ministry is weak i think the core of his ministry has been jesus but he hasn't emphasized this particular part you know we have a tendency as as pastors 
Go ahead. But if you're not telling people that, if you're not telling people the core of what the gospel says, how are you? If the yeah, if the core of the gospel is Jesus came to save you from your sins because you're right. a sinner, then then he would. And and I can understand where I don't know if I totally agree with, but because I don't, I have not heard Todd preach ever. But he, one thing that he did say, as he's quoted in this Christian Post piece, it says, "When you come into the gospel because you've come in for a better life, you've come in for the wrong gospel." When you come to Jesus because he's going to give you this and give you that, you really didn't surrender. So that would, think, that would say if if that's what his focus was, yeah. and if that was his core, then his core was wrong. And, I don't, but I'm I don't, basing but I don't it know, on the article because I don't know. But I don't know. I don't know if it's his core. So I'm the only one who, who's heard Todd White before. So this is this would be my perspective is that I don't think that Todd's saying that his heart was wrong or that he was you know just pursuing the Lord because of what it could do for him. I think that what he's saying is that. He's recognizing the fruit of some of the people that, you know, a lot of times you have a pastor that has a great revelation, but then when he's communicating this to other people, it translates into something else, you know? No, but that's what I mean. Uh, Martin, that's that's what I think he was saying in this quote, is yes. that he's saying the things that I was preaching or the things that people were coming in for was wrong. If, yep. if though, his his all of his preaching was based on what God can do for you rather than God changing you, if that was the core of his preaching, then his core, as Billy said, would have been screwy. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, and, yeah. it's like Martin Luther, you know, Martin Luther starts teaching and then all of a sudden you have these people, you know, called the libertines that rise up who get Martin Luther's grace message. They grab a hold of it just enough to be weaponized and they just start going crazy and they start wreaking havoc with the gospel. Yeah. They set up basically a red light district and in, in, uh, in uh, um, you know, in, in in Switzerland. I mean, it's just it's just it's just nuts, you know, the way this goes. And I think that that there are people that are going to hear a teacher, they're going to grab a hold of what they want to hear. And I think our job as a teacher, which I hear Todd saying is, there's a weight on us to make sure that we are being so articulate and that we're carrying this out and and not missing elements so that people can get this full picture of the gospel. And I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think that, you know, uh, that's something that all of us should feel. And I'm, again, I'm excited about the journey, I think that, but I, I just want to be careful in in an article like that. I don't think that this is a hit piece on his past ministry I think it's a a cool thing on where he's seen that the times are and what you know he's shifting to to be able to address that. Then what's yeah, he, and I, then wasn't, he repent, I wasn't. But what's he repenting for then? Well, when the word repent means to change your thinking and to change your mindset. Well, to be sorry so, for what you've done before and stop doing it. Yeah, I think that. Right. I think yeah, and I think that. Can I read another quote? I'm not because yeah. I'm not saying I don't know. I wasn't trying to say that I think that 100% the core of his ministry, but a core, this article makes it sound not in a bad way. I actually think it's a, a really positive article, but he says, I've been going through it. I've been in a new place to bring the reality of the law into a witness to show a person their need for grace. How can you want to be found if you don't know that you're lost? How can you want to see if you don't know that you're blind? How can you? It just seems it seems like the, it sounds like he's saying he wasn't doing those things. I'm not saying he wasn't. Gotten, or just, he'd gotten away from it, perhaps. Right, right, right. I love this. I think this is great. I do. Too. I think that he was known for teaching on the love of God. Mm. And the problem when you see, you know, Todd, and I think like a lot of people, and again, I run with this kind of grace crowd. Uh, there's a tendency in grace preachers to like, they've had a, they've had a total, you know, transformation experience. They've experienced the love of God in their life. And so they're out there t excited to talk about this love of God forgetting the fact that they themselves went through a conversion. Right. And so what the audience is hearing is the love of God, the love of God, the love of God. And because that's this new revelation that they went through this kind of legalistic past and they experienced the love of God, but they're forgetting a new hearer needs to hear the part of you're a sinner 
and you know that 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 it, this is a you know that there is a chasm that exists you know and and you know uh, um, except for the cross you know that there's no ability to cross to you know to for us to 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 you know sure. traverse that path and so um, yeah I'm excited about this I'm excited to see what comes out of it but I again I don't think this is a total 180 for him I think this is an an addition to you know what he was already doing. That's helpful. No, that's helpful to hear. I think I think it's good for to see examples of people who have something to lose admitting that they were wrong about something or they were missing something, even if it wasn't the core of it, that they were off base. Somebody Much else like who did this, uh, Creflo Dollar, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with him, African-American pastor out of Atlanta. He did this a couple of years ago um, and basically went before his congregation and said, I repent. I've been teaching you guys legalism. And he started preaching this gospel of grace. And, and uh, uh, you know, he, I mean, he lost huge percentage of church followers everything else and so his last I, I, name is my favorite his yes. last name is my favorite. i believe it's actually a real last name too i it is my favorite last name on the face of the earth in light of what people have often said um i want i actually would love the last name dollar billy dollar <laughs> i think i'd be it would be very ironic because you want people billy your money that's what young people do like like what's the, oh, shoot, um, what's, the what's the swingers your money, man. Your money. Yeah. Your money. You got these claws and you just don't know. Your money. So, Billy. Do, Billy. We, do we need to talk about COVID? Are Billy. we just done with COVID? I'm so over COVID. Much like Trump, are we done with COVID? Are we like February Trump where we're just over it already? <laughs> February Trump. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was over it pretty quick, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. He was over it until he realized there was body bags piling up everywhere oh, and he geez. had to address it. Here, my new stance on COVID is this. It has changed like this week. My new stance on COVID is I I don't like it, but I don't want it to become a thing that's divisive or a thing that Christians like lay down like that that shouldn't be the hill that we die on. And, you know, I'm aware of a state overreach and all those kinds of things, but but I don't think that COVID is the hill that we die on. I feel like the church is looking. Chris and I were talking about this. I I sympathize with all sides of it because I agree. I understand the government government overreach is an issue that we need to be wary of. But I also feel like gathering three thousand people for church worship right now is not sensible. So I'm struggling with how to approach this because the rest of the world, our witness in the balance of this is not looking great at, in some circles. So I, I want to get into the thing that you recorded, Billy, because I think you did a good job on it. I think you articulated some things that, that are important to talk about, but, but I would, I'm more interested really in, in Lucas's Lucas's and Billy's take on John MacArthur and his church and what they're doing. Um, you want to know what we th what I think? Well, Lucas, why don't you go first? So, um, MacArthur. So, set this up. It, it's been it's been a couple days since I looked at this story. So, so he he went on Tucker Carlson. They made a decision. People were showing up to the church. They were knocking on the door saying, "We want church to be open again." And California has thirty plus counties. Chris is yep. thirty counties that that are shut down again. So churches cannot meet in person right now because they're experiencing. Which is funny. It's weird. They're experiencing this. You know hike again in um, in cases. So basically, John MacArthur, after the church put out a statement saying they were going to listen to government officials at the beginning of this, changed course and said, now is the time to reopen, essentially. People want us to reopen. We're going to open our doors. And I heard 3,000 people showed up. I don't know if that number is accurate. That's I what I heard, too. 
Um, and he went on Tucker and he said some things that were interesting, uh, made some interesting points. He brought up the death rate, said the death, you know, there's 40 million people and only point whatever zero eight percent have died in the state. Um, which is kind of a tricky death number because it's not the cases of people who had it, but needless to say, I'm curious as to what you think, because is, is the plan to stay open now? I don't even know. Like, look, I think that I'm for people doing what they want to do and understanding the risks, understanding the position that's there um, and having the responsibility to take the, the precautions, you know, that are necessary and I'm also I'm just over like all the the warriors on both sides of this thing trying to, you know, regulate and mandate the other. And I think that they're doing the same things in many cases. Uh, you know, I've I've had plenty of things I've disagreed with MacArthur about. Um, <laughs> I think I, I think I have I might have a quote or two in good God. I can't remember. Um, but the, you know, there's there's plenty of things I would agree with him on. And yeah. I respect him as a leader. I respect him as a pastor. Um, and look, I don't, I don't think that he's a guy that's just reckless, that it's going to go out there and try to, uh, you know, just, you know, just to buck the system to bucket. Um, but I think he's also a guy that w has historically said that the state is not the one that can save us and, and that there's an answer, you know, the answer has to be within the church. And, and I, I would agree with that. And so, um, I, I, I don't, I'm just not going to take issue with it. You know, mm -hmm. if this is, if somebody is at risk, if somebody isn't comfortable in that situation, don't go. I'm going to take um, it a step further and actually praise him a little bit. Yeah. Now, and now, but not because he's got a whole bunch of people in this church. I, I'm with you, Lucas, in that if you think you could get it and that bothers you and you don't want to take then don't go, right? Yeah. If you know you're sick, whether you have the flu or COVID or a cold or the chicken pox, if you're sick, don't go to church where you're going to get other people sick, right? Yep. Also understand that if you go into this place during flu season or COVID season or whatever else, if there's some other plague going around your community or your church, then don't go if you think you're going to get sick. That's personal responsibility. I, I still have family members that are, you know, full quarantine uh, that, that feel like they're, you know, higher at risk. Yeah. And and I respect that. I don't have any issue with that. You know, I'm, I'm in support of that. And I, I think about that like I was around, you know, a group of people earlier today. Uh, we had a group that was using our church building. It wasn't a huge group, but it was a group. And, you know, I knew that there's probably a chance I'm going to stop by my parents at some time. And so, you know, I'm going to kind of distance myself from yeah. those situations, you know. So um, when I go into my office, we're checking our temperatures every day. You know, we're wearing masks through the hallways. We're doing those things. But look, I, you know, this is this is America. This yeah. isn't this isn't North Korea. This isn't, you know, uh, you know, some dictatorship like when I mean, you think back six months yeah. where we've come to. And it's it's I think it's gotten out of hand, but and, and I'm so, not going to make it a point of contention where I want to argue with somebody or, or you know, right. uh, tell people how miserable they are because they think that everybody should be wearing a mask. I'm going to follow <laughs> the rules, you know, that are there. But that doesn't mean that, you know, I have to like them. And yeah. uh, and if I feel like they're breaking my religious freedoms, which I haven't felt that way in my state yet. So I haven't had to be in a position where I've had to make that call. But if he feels that way, I stand behind his decision right. to to act, you know, how he did. But that's where I would, that's well, where I would, but that's where I would praise him. That's the second half. Like, I agree with the letting people in and it, you, you make your own choice where I will praise him. But it's is not just if, about them. Oh, no, you no, guys no, 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 crazy. no, 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 listen, listen, listen. I'll, I'll, let you add, I'll let you people. add it. I'll let you add that in just a second. But the, where I would You're praise in the wrong direction, Chris, but no wrong way. There you go. I hate being in the middle. Um, 
But where I would praise him is if the state, and it appears so, is, is showing this re- religious a bias against religion and saying all these other businesses and organizations can meet at 20 or 50 percent capacity, but churches you can't meet. He's finally said en- enough of this because that is that's the that's the state coming down yeah. on the church specifically. Yeah. That's the thing that I would praise if indeed yep. that's what he was doing. Now, Billy, go ahead and spout your nonsense. Well, I'm not going to use the word praise because I think what I have, I see both sides of it. But as I'm listening to you two talk, it's all about the people going to that church. It's not about those people. It's about the people they're going to encounter after because not everybody is as considered as you are. But if they think they could get it, then don't go. I'm not. Well, first of all, you everybody can get it because there are 150,000 people dead from it. So we know every, anybody can get it. And whether it's one in a million for kids or whatever it is, every single human being has the potential to get it. Most people won't die from it, which is great. The vast, mm-hmm. vast majority. But elderly people at a high rate will die for it. And a lot of younger right. people don't really think twice before they go to the grocery. But you that think doesn't mean people... the church should be closed. It means well, that they should think well, every... before they do. Well, so, so the church, which which shows up outside of abortion clinics and has a lot to say about abortion and the pro-life, which I love and I agree with, we constantly are talking about life. But in this circumstance, we're, we're sort of flippantly in some circles, not that you guys are doing this, like, well, you know, it's our freedom, we'll do what we want. Well, at what point, and this is where I, why I'm so torn on this, do we also have to say, well, you know what, being a good, like, if you have a spike of COVID in your community, if the state's keeping me close, keeping our church closed when there's no COVID, well, then I have a problem. If I'm in a county where there's a lot of COVID and I simply don't want to be closed anymore, is it the right thing to say, well... But that's but that's I don't but, think but you're, so. but you're kind of going to what I'm talking about though. This if, if if a person can have the right to go out to dinner and feel free about that, and you're going to lecture them about, not you, but if somebody's going to be lecturing them about, well, you could be killing the people around them. They sh- if they are allowed to have the choice to go to dinner, they should be allowed to have the choice to go to church. But you're right? talking about a restaurant which has a capacity, and by the way, restaurants we're are talking also quarter, capped. We're talking about Com- a quarter of capacity, a, a, quarter of thousands of people. a quarter of capacity is a quarter of capacity. It doesn't mean if it's a quarter of a hundred or a quarter if, or of a and thousand. And if things live on surfaces for you know multiple days or even multiple and hours, in, and in a you restaurants know, you don't have to have a mask on, and in church you're supposed to. Well. It, it depends thankfully on thankfully you don't you, create you more saliva when you mask eat. on until you get to your table but yeah and then when you're look, eating and spitting and I chewing just, it's mind-boggling though to me that we're comparing restaurants to a mega church with thousands of like everybody no, with about, a brain and you guys are very quality, smart people I'm know about that there's equality under the law there is a major di- but but there's not equality in the number of people in the buildings first of all quarter so, capacity yes, I, is quarter well, capacity let me make my point I have. I don't think that churches should be at a quarter of capacity if they have three thousand members. I actually think it's fine if it's a stadium. Stadiums aren't opening with a court with twenty five percent capacity. So why is a mega church opening with because 25% it's judged by capacity? square footage and what the what the building can handle. So quarter and capacity of a restaurant that can hold hundred and a quarter of a capacity I of don't, a church sanctuary that can hold a thousand is the same. I don't agree with you on that. I don't think it's the same thing. But it's if the it's, volume but of people, the number of people. No, uh, how is no, that the same the, thing the, at all? A, a restaurant square, that holds a 50 people versus a church that holds a thousand people. It's insanity. Because it's not one, the same. We know because if it's, oh my if gosh. it's per this square is why we will foot, never beat this. Though. If it's per, per, this, because if it's per square foot, we will never listen, beat it. If capacity it's, is determined merely by square footage, if that's what determines capacity, then capacity is capa- a quarter capacity is a quarter capacity. It doesn't matter the size of a building. 
If it's all about square footage and what a safe distance is, it doesn't matter. If you're if you're in a room and you have to have six feet apart, right, and you're in a room that is 60 feet wide and you can have 10 people in there because it's six feet or 600 feet wide and you can have 100 because it's 600 feet with with six foot, it, it doesn't matter. The square footage is the same. The distance is the same. The distance is the same. I am tracking with you. It is math. It's data. You're a data guy. Billy, you're a data guy. Billy, you're a data guy. Billy is articulate because I think Chris just rebuked that. He repented of those words. I guess what is so confusing to me is watching people in the church make these arguments when you're talking about putting a thousand people in a room. We know it can stay in the air for up to three hours versus having 20 people in a room. The logic of that is that you have a much higher chance of putting things into the air with a thousand if people. If the square footage is what determines space and usage, then it doesn't matter. It's listen. You're a data guy. You understand statistics and math. Do you understand? I, I do, okay, and I understand on. that putting a thousand to three thousand people together in one area is not a smart idea right now. If this space you can hold like, it, this is like the equivalent of, like, it, I mean, this is literally it's it's invisible. It's invisible. And we're creating all these arbitrary rules to try to contain these invisible things that we're hoping that we're not going to pass, you know, and and it it becomes it becomes ridiculous. It is it is completely but, like do do my, your part. And my again, thing like, is consistency. Let's start mobilizing. If I'm the government, I'm coming to the churches and going, we need you guys meeting. We need all of your healthy people meeting. We need to, you to plan, to organize. Can you help reach elderly? Can you help go to these people? Can you suit up properly? Can you help take food? Can you step in in this situation? Here's people in need. And, you know, those are the things that church should be doing. And this is a time where, you know, I mean, again, some of these articles like depression is off the charts. Uh, uh, suicide is, is, is rising. I mean, mental health is going crazy. And like to think that, that you know, the, the, I mean, if, if our churches don't survive this, and our and Christianity, you know, our Christians can't make it through this time. It's going to be way worse than the virus. And I think that we're already seeing that in the mental health area uh, of people dealing with depression. I know as a pastor, I've been getting more calls like that. You know, people that are dealing with mental health issues and and anxiety and you know, um, uh, uh, you know, suicidal tendencies, all of those things. And so, you know, it's it's virtually impossible for everybody to look at this holistically and and because we don't have as chris has pointed out mobs don't have a collective mind and unfortunately we get this mentality with all these different perspectives and we just want to control everybody and i just don't have a desire to control people or to try to villainize them because of choices that they're making and my point is is consistency right if yes. if, if 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 quarter capacity is quarter capacity based on square footage then it should be good here and here and here and it's the same thing with I want my policies to be are consistent. Are movie theaters open? Some have of them movie are. Theaters been yeah, open? Absolutely. In not, some places. Movie theaters in New York State are not going to open. But they've not been open. There are because some they're a different they're type of gathering. And that's it's not just right, but a, square footage. But that is gyms but, are not open. They have not been open in New York State. So the argument that you're are, saying is logic, but that's Lucas. the logic people, is that because they can't open they is can't that get not all businesses are open because of the number of people gathering in them. So movie theaters, gyms. And unfortunately, in some areas, churches fall under that because, again, it's a massive group of people and it does who are very, gathering. It in a does place. vary state state by state. 
but I want some consistency within a state. There should be consistency. Yeah, and I want consistency within a state within the church too. I want people be to be pro life consistently. I would like that in the church too. Well, and it's but it's also and I, I would say the same thing for masks. If masks work, as you said, Billy. In fact, we could get, this could be our segue to to your the thing that you did and the topic that you discussed. Is that we have to have consistent policy. And I think we talked about it last week. If I'm and theology, if I'm if I'm at Red Robin and I'm in front of the maitre d's desk, I must be wearing a mask. I can take three steps and be on the other side of the maitre d's desk at my table and remove my mask without sure. having without having food, just a glass of water there. I don't it makes think they no call it a maitre d at Red Robin. I just uh, want the, to point that checker, out. Checker checker inner person then. I, I don't know. look. I'm for consistency within this. I'm for the states making their individual choices, and look. I, I hear the heart behind what you're saying, Billy. I just think that it. it Any time we start making, you know, we start. We first of all start judging other Christians based upon the the freedoms that they're taking. You know, look. Where do we go? I mean, how, have I ever texted and drove on my way to church? Yes, I have. Have I ever drove over the speed limit? Yes, I have. As a believer, I'm I'm not considering other people's lives the moment I do that. And so, you know, which road are we going to go down here and start deciding that, you know, uh, at what point are we going to start criminalizing and villainizing other believers rather than, you know, supporting them through that? And so if you don't want to go to that church, if you don't support that pastor, great. But I think that, you know, um, you do what you can to prevent it in a time like this. And you have to make a decision as a leader which direction you're going to go. Well, and and, you know. I would say, like I said from the beginning, I sympathize with both perspectives, but I had to respond strongly to you guys because I don't I feel like we as the church right now look to the world like we're anti-science, like we're not paying attention to what's going on. And like we think our First Amendment right trumps people's lives. And, you know, we can say it's invisible all day long, but it's not invisible for the hundred and fifty thousand people's families who are mourning them. It's not invisible for the people who are hospitalized. It's not invisible for the friends and the loved ones of those people. And I know you know that. Um, it's, it isn't an invisible thing. Right, but and I think when you, when you're watching your community reel from it, you're trying to find a solution to it and we can't stay closed forever. We know that, if but you, to say so when we're you, opening. So when, when do you, when do you open then Bill? I mean, I'm not well, saying it's been four I'm months. I mean, right, are we right throwing now. in the towel? How about we open when the country can actually get itself to well, say it was less than four months. It was less than four months. It was less than four months. If you're talking about, if you're talking about time, it was less than four months in Europe. Sure, it was fast. It was I, way faster in Europe. Now they might have done things differently, sure, but it can't just be based on time. You're, we can be criticize America all day. For, I didn't we got, finish we, my statement, so yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say that it's been four months. Are we just going to? Are we throwing in the towel now on this? I feel like that's what we've done. We've said we're it's summer. We want to go look at Florida. Look at what's going on around the yeah. country. We want to have fun. We're tired of this, and I get it. I'm tired of it too, but. Have we really solved the problem? If our solution is open the doors to everything and hope for the best, you know, MAGA, well, I don't think that's a great solution to it. Again, I, I think that, and I I hate the, uh, I'm going to get myself in trouble here. I hope so. I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not in support of the white privilege argument, and I would almost never use this, but I feel like what you're saying is a very white privilege <gasps> statement that you're making. And, you know, you're in a position to where you can stay at home, you can work from home, and there's a lot of people that aren't. And there's like my wife who has to go back and teach in a school. There's there's a lot of people that aren't in that position. And so, you know, like they the, 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 the economy can't stop their lives, you know, for every person that they're saving over here by not, you know, breathing in public 
it's harming other people and possibly putting people at risk. It's it's you know sure. keeping kids out of school systems where they're getting Absolutely. food and rely on that. All these sorts of things. Like this is sure. a really complex, complicated problem. And the answer right. is like there's yes answers on both sides of the equation. And and but it's one of these things that they're, that both yeses are right and they also contradict each other. What, but what? I think that people have to make those calls. But what you just said, I agree with. And had we done the things we should have done as a country and come together and socially distanced, used masks, didn't have these arguments from the beginning, we would have solved it in six weeks. Instead, we've dragged it out because people won't do those things. I'm not advocating we stay closed forever. I'm advocating we actually make a decision and say together that we are going to do this and we're going to eradicate it instead of what we're watching, which is people partying on the beach, people in the church not taking it seriously. And right. that's been since day so, one. Right, but now I, invited, I think I sent you an article from either it was either the Washington Post or the New York Times today, Billy, that the world is seeing a resurgence, a resurgence in every place where they thought it was gone and done. Australia, Japan, for crying out loud. Europe is facing it because they're talking about travel restrictions from Europe. Japan, where face masks, is a, is, they're a fashion accessory before before COVID, and they're facing it. They're, they're seeing a resurgence. And these are the places that actually took care and did what we would call draconian measures. And they're and they're seeing a resurgence, so maybe it's never gonna go away. I don't I don't I don't know what the answer is. I would like to see us be careful, and if masks is the right thing, then to, then to do the mask. If social distancing is the right thing, do that. I don't know how much more we can do as far as shutdown goes because I don't know I don't know when we hit the point of no return. I, I really don't know, and it's possible that maybe by opening too early we we tank the economy again and that's the point of no return you might be right billy that if a second resurgence is even more dangerous than a first in fact it probably is more dangerous than a first i don't i don't know where that i don't know where that line that line is but i think that if if we want to talk about being science and using research then it should be all based on localities it should not be based even statewide policy Right. I agree with because, that. Because a place like ours, we should be open. Everything should be open and we should be able to go without masks where we are, where, where, where I live. I was telling I you, Billy, agree. We, we said all we said many several times that we've had no cases in our county. We finally had two cases and it was a couple a few weeks ago. So they're gone. There's no more cases. And both of those cases I found out this week were people who got it, who live here, but got it out of town, got it while they were traveling and remained out of town while they had it and then mm. came back here. So we never, from my understanding is, didn't even have it in the county. It was just people who lived here. We should be able to be out if we want without masks. Now, that might not be the safe. It might be It might be good to do the mask thing for a while. That's, that's fine. But as far as keeping things closed and not having church, that would be ridiculous. But if you're in the, well, if, if you're in right. the middle of Seattle where it's, where, or Yakima. You had a mega church there. What's that? I said, even if you had a mega church there. Yeah, well, but if we had a mega church here, then we would be a community that's probably more at risk or probably more likely to have it. I mean, so we, we don't have a mega church here. But if you didn't have a spike, I want to go back to what I said, because we're arguing about this, and I'm not making general claims that we should be shut down forever. I never said that during this. What I said was, so when you call, when you accuse me of using my white privilege, I felt like it was ridiculous because I'm making the point that we could have done this already and we've chosen not to because we're being selfish, a lot of people, it's frankly. Not, there's some people, though, that can't last six weeks. You know, they're barely right. going paycheck to paycheck, like on a weekly basis. Right. And so asking them to shut down their lives and then giving them $600, you know, back, like it's not sufficient. Well, it's, it's $600 a week in addition to unemployment. Um, so I know people who are making more money in New York sure. on that than but, they were before. But but, but there's also people story. that are out there that are that are in a position where they can't get unemployment. 
and that are still in a dangerous position. So I get it. Think that everybody can get unemployment. Well, I don't I don't think that. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is we've shown no ability as a country to come together and solve a crisis because we are rudderless. We don't have leadership directing us. We can't agree on anything, let alone people in the church can't agree. And we have. And I don't know if it was three thousand people. Just to clarify, it was an, a lot of people. And that's showed the up number to that I church. saw too. So yeah, See, I, I saw. I, that I think if you think back to when this thing started, the whole world was making masks for each other. They were dropping them off to the elderly. They were sewing things. They were they were rallying around. They were taking food places. I mean, they were they were following the rules. They were staying safe. I mean, we the first the first four to six weeks was like that. Mm-hmm. And so, and I felt like everybody, I mean, the, the country was like unified, probably the most that it's been during like Trump's entire, you know, uh, presidency. I mean, this did not really start shifting, uh, in, in my opinion, until, until some of the additional riots broke out and things started changing. I think and, it was before that when, when, when some places started opening and, and there were people, political people, both on the right and the left said, you're opening too early. I think that's when the division really started yep. happening. That was before yep. any protests happened. Yeah, that was before yeah, you're the right. death that of was, George that Floyd. Was, that was a few weeks you know, ahead of time. So. And, then, and then they said, we're open and we're doing better than New York. And then suddenly they started getting hit and having some problems. I think, that, I think that's where the division I, really started. I tend to think that the division started when people showed up with guns to protest. At, you know, they, wanted, they wanted their jobs. That started way before all of this. That was pretty early. It was yeah. probably April when that started. And, there, and I understood that's the frustration. Michigan. I understood the frustration, though, and I said at the time, I think, you know, I understand not having a job. I've been very much I'm, I've been very much fighting with people like you guys and then fighting with people here in New York on the progressive side because <laughs> I don't feel like we have a solution. But I feel like everything I'm hearing is enraging from everyone. Yeah, and I'm like, it is like, I don't know what the answer is, but but I do know that. I think we need to do better than opening up a large church in a hotspot. I don't well, think that, and I will judge that personally. And, and in that, I think it's not wise. And so, and I was here's where here's where the the, the we bring up keep bring up the crowd size of MacArthur's church, three thousand people, but that was beyond what they were supposed to be as far as numbers go. If they were, if three thousand is capacity, they should have only and and the rule is twenty five percent. They should have only had what seven hundred fifty people there. And that's a way different crowd than 3,000 people, right? So the, the fact that they open up over capacity, that's, a, that's an issue to say, okay, you, you opened and you said you wanted to follow the same rules as everybody else, then you should have followed the same rules as everybody else. I well, think, I don't I even know what the capacity act. is. Maybe they did. Maybe that is 25% of their capacity. Well, I, have I no think idea. that they talked about that it wasn't, but that was one of the well, reports. But. So, what, else, what else we got? Yeah. <laughs> well, we got Billy's... <laughs> We could go to Billy's mask discussion. I think we move on from gotta, COVID for this week. All right. Well, it's up to you guys. I don't really care. I could talk about it all night. So, but. okay, if we're not going to do Billy's mask thing, which is fine, because Billy, you did a you did a a well articulated, though obviously crazy. I'm not kidding. I'm kidding. It's not crazy. I'm, I've become was, unhinged. You and, well, and I, you, you guys and I turned me into a progressive. We by the have end talked of this. about this before, off camera, off microphone, and you and I agree uh, more than we disagree when it comes to masks, we do. mask stuff. But in order for All us, of it, in probably. order for this to be an entertaining show, Lucas and I have to pile on and tell you how stupid you are. Is that <laughs> no, it? It has become YouTube versus me, which I live for. I don't mind these fights. I mean, I was accused of white privilege, which I've been accused of numerous times this week from progressives. As oh, well. really? So it's, well, it's so wonderful. Oh yeah! So you recorded so this, this thing. You, you know I you love recorded you. Billy. This, you recorded I'm this. I'm not thing. mad at you guys. I think you're both ridiculous. <laughs> you recorded this thing for what? For the first? Was that what? Would you record yeah, for? For okay. the first. 
and so first. but so I I pulled a small clip. Um, yeah, because it's long. I was gonna it say, is it's long. Like so I, this long. is this is this was my favorite clip, and um, and I shared it with someone. And they thought you were talking about the Church Boys. Just a minute. I think they're weird. I think they're uncomfortable. I think they're pretty awkward. <laughs> that was that was my favorite clip from the from the entire four minute presentation. <laughs> oh my god! Do you know, Chris? The last time we had like a fiery back and forth like this was over Trump in twenty sixteen on this show. Well, you and I, I but you and I have had knock down dragouts before. Not knock down dragouts. That's not fair because you and I are friends. We don't have but like this, right? I'll have a knockdown drag out. I don't care. I don't. I love it. The, I don't, I don't we, mind Chris it and I would go at it over Trump because he's like, I absolutely could never bend my morals to vote for that man. And I'd which, be like, yeah, you was, can. Which like, it turns you know. out I was correct and I didn't bend my morals and vote for him. And now Billy's going, I'm kind of regretting I voted for him and I'm not going to vote for him this year. I'm not voting, period. So, so it turns and out, I, turns out long term that maybe the fat man right here was right. You you were correct. I was sh- trying to I, show I still extra use grace. Steak. I still owe you a steak dinner. It still was better than Hillary policy wise. So, and we got a bunch of Supreme Court. We got two Supreme Court um, appointments out of it, and a transformed federal judiciary. So I'm good. I'll go. take it. Right and threats of war. Lucas, with Lucas other is like and, a deer in the headlights. Yeah, right yeah. I'll yeah. take it for another four years too. So <laughs> I t- we got a lot of laughs out of it so far. That's good. It's so been that. entertaining. Um, it has been entertaining. Should we like end this travesty or should we do one more segment? Should we talk about I think we have more stuff to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I'm here for it. I could be I can be here. Listen, it's only 710 for me. It's 1010 for you, lady. I think my wife turned off the air conditioning downstairs, though, because I'm like sweating my face off right now. So I I was going to say you look a little shiny. I'm shiny too right now. Can we call in hair and makeup? Well, why don't you just start Uh, taking (laughs) taking off layers of clothes, Lucas? That would be good. Since we're on video, you might as well. Right. Do we have any music for this? I don't. (laughs) <laughs> that would require a budget hair and makeup. Um, although if we crack the top 100 of Apple, hey, we may. Yeah, it's, we might have to splurge. We may have to splurge. Um, what, were we, so, wait, wait, what were we at earlier this week? Are we allowed to say? Are we allowed to say those numbers? We are right. Yeah, we were at 104, yeah, right? We hit 104. We hit 104. We're not. We're we still need not. Your help, listeners. We were, how high did we get in Uganda? Were we like number four in Uganda? We were like number one or two. Yeah, we were one or two in Uganda. Oh, now we're unranked I mean, in Uganda, which hurts me. It's a little weird. I wonder we might why. Have offended them. They like Trump in Uganda. That's true. And you guys keep Yay Trump. Dishing Yay on Trump. Yay Trump. <laughs> Nothing makes me happier. The way that the trajectory of the show always goes is it starts. It starts with me and Chris going after Lucas, and then it ends yes, with you two partnering over something. Always partnering over something. Oh, this is true. This is true. Can we just say too that like how unhinged everybody is that that the um back to the Todd White thing. I was reading the comment section, like within three comments about Todd White having nothing to do with Trump whatsoever. It was already people yelling each other about Trump in relation to <laughs> Todd White. How did that? I don't happen? understand the world. How does that even happen? I don't understand the world. I think the church boys is partially responsible for I'll, that. I'll well, I mean, it. we just yelled at each other, but at the end of the day, you guys are wrong, and that had to happen. I'm so okay I think, being wrong. You know, you know, I've been told I've been wrong for. Well, I've been married for all, nearly 19 years, so there you which go. Which is we're, why, I, I, again, I agree that we're all wrong. Which is why I don't feel like I'm in a position to tell other leaders how to handle their. Oh, we were going to get off COVID. You're okay, so, sorry, you're no, so I Christian. can't. I can't. I mean, I could, but so. We had another story that we were looking at. Oh, we no. What did the, I, oh, wait. The John, so the John, uh, 
So we were going to talk about masks, and I was going to bring up that I had a phone call, a phone message from Laura uh, Hollowell, yes. and it actually has to do with masks. So just let's let's play that while we're while you guys are searching for the other topic you wanted to talk about. I'll play this to Phil. Just a minute. And here we go. The church boys leave a message. Hey, this is Laura. I barely understand her. What's going on here? Wait. She forgot to take off her mask. This is Laura Hollowell, Billy's mother, calling. I just wanted to say that I am so proud of my boy Billy for wearing a mask every day. He even wears it to bed. Andrea says it makes it a little bit awkward, but I think it's better to be safe than sorry. I don't want more grandkids anyhow. Anyway, you just keep it up, Billy. I'm so, so proud. Chris, Lucas, I thought it was one really nice of her. My, one day my mom is going to hear this. <laughs> oh, she's and she like me. I feel like she like liked me at the start. She commented on my hair yeah. and yeah, but she now heard I'm a hooligan. That, yeah. She heard that you you want mega churches hey, to listen, open. So listen, she, she can't compliment all three of us in one in one phone call or or both of us and when it was just me <laughs> right, and Belly, right. both of us in one one guy's Not the good guy. Mask, one guy's we the good some, guy and at least one guy's some, the bad guy. <laughs> we had some friends over tonight, or Chrissy did downstairs and they were asking, you know, I said, hey, I got to go upstairs. We're recording the show. And they said, well, what's it about? And I, w I just kind of paused for a minute. I was like, I don't, I don't really, really know. know how to describe what happens when I go into this room. Yeah. It's just three guys busting each other's chops. That's all it is. That's about usually how it's, it is. And we came back in the chair when you were really upset. You guys, unless you're watching. And I was like, please fall. Please fall. I was praying for you to fall back. <laughs> he was so mad and frustrated with me. And I was like, he's going to fall. But, you know, you didn't wobble over like I was hoping. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, okay, so, um, yeah, we had, we had another story. story. Yeah, it's Pastor John Ortberg from Menlo oh, Park. And this is not funny. Was it? Wasn't Menlo Park the church that had left the Episcopal Church and joined the Eco, which is the other Presbyterian organ? I'm pretty sure I covered it. This is a few years ago, and it, I was at the Blaze at the time. Um, but they they left it over gay marriage. I thought I thought that was the and just over traditional values in general and and biblical values. They ended up leaving the denomination, joining another one. I'm pretty sure that was them. And that yeah. was like Bay Area, right? That's that's kind and of wasn't the... Ortberg. Didn't Ortberg used to he used to be in in the middle of Illinois, didn't he? Wasn't he? Uh... I don't know. I, I couldn't I couldn't remember. And I was trying to I maybe I may be making that up. Um, no, the, I'm he not. Wrote the, he wrote the book. If you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. Right. Yeah, that was his big book. Yep. Yep. So this situation and, and the Christian Post has a story. Apparently, he's resigned from the church. Um, there was an independent investigation, and the the backstory on this is wild. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't, I'm sure you guys read it. From what I understand, there's apparently a fair bit of, of family issues going on here. Um, there's apparently a, a transgender son who was a whistleblower. Um, they're estranged on the pastor because uh, allegedly an, uh, one of his other children was allowed to be working 
in the church with with kids after being after allegedly admitting to some sort of attraction to kids and that he sort of looked the other way and allowed allowed him to work with kids allegedly i don't that's the story i'm and it, it's and you know the story doesn't define what's there you know so you're going okay is this a is this a you know 20 year old guy that you know right. was attracted to a 17 year old girl in the youth group and yeah. not that that is a right situation uh by any means yeah. um you know or is this a, is this somebody that's saying they're attracted to babies in the nursery either one should be addressed pastorally dealt with all those sorts of things but that's not that's not communicated what extent this is actually dealing with so just to make that clear so, i'm opposed to both of those situations in a so uh, if somebody's in, in if somebody's situation. if somebody's resigning over something like this does that indicate that there was a cover-up to begin with i mean i don't even know i, I don't even know what he had he had stated that he'd offered to resign a couple times during the process if he if it was going to be helpful okay. to the church uh, and then they kind of came back officially and said yes we want to ask for you to resign um and and it originally i think when the when you know the um uh, the inquiry into this was happening i don't think it was made aware to the public i'm sure the board probably knew about it uh just in terms of how churches operate but it wasn't made aware to the public on it was just a volunteer was sort of you know there's an issue with the volunteer having this attraction to um to minors and and not stated that it was his son uh, so that came out. It sounds like in the second wave, you know, of this. Yeah, but, and but I'm and, still, you know, I still, I, but I'm still, I still don't know why he would need to resign, or feel compelled well, to resign. This, this is claiming that um, he, he knew about it and right. and allowed him to stay in that position. So he allowed his son and kind of gave preference to his son, you know, and was aware of the the struggle and the situation or indiscretions or whatever had happened. Uh, and I think they made a statement that, you know, um, that although, you know, he had these attractions, that there were no kids that were, um, you know, uh, uh, abused or or mistreated in this process. I think I saw that in one of the store, one of the articles on it. Um, but, you know, it, it, that the, the indiscretion of allowing his own son to stay in that position after being aware of it, which you would never do as a pastor or you shouldn't ever do as a pastor in any other situation, uh, nor should you do it if it's your son. And so. Um, I don't think that it disqualifies a pastor to uh, have kids that are struggling or have kids that are, you know, choosing alternative lifestyles. But I think that when we make special, um, you know, uh, um, rules for them and allowances for them, uh, that's that seems to be where the the criticism is is coming from. That could hypothetically put children in danger, right? I mean, yeah, that's the hundred percent. Right. Now, if you look at the story, the statement he actually said. Uh, quote, I want to express again my regret for not having served our church with better judgment. Extensive conversations I had with my youngest son gave no evidence of risk of harm and feedback from others about his impact was consistently positive. However, for my part, I did not balance my responsibilities as a father with my responsibilities as a leader. I'm hopeful that my leaving can mark a new beginning in our church's ministry. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, he asked for prayers. It's a tough him. position to be in. Like, I, I think that, again, you know, same as the last situation we were talking about, like, it's it's always easy from the outside to look at these things and make a judgment call or say, you know, this is yeah. how I would have done. And, and again, I don't, I can't see any world where I'm in that position where I go, yeah, that's, you know, keep serving. It's no big deal. Right. You know, but it's when you're on the ground and you're walking through those things, you know, it sounds like that he had a conversation with his son and said, look, where are you at? What's going on? And um, it, it obviously was the wrong call, but you know it's it's a tough situation to be in as a dad and as a pastor. So did you did you say that one of his kids is the one who turned him in, right? 
Yeah, so he has apparently another child who is transgender and estranged from the family. And there's a Twitter, you can read it. This happened on Twitter at the end of June. This person explained all of the details and the steps of why. And they the letter they sent um, to report, I guess the, the brother had allegedly told this sibling about it. And this person, I believe, is married to a woman. I don't know if it's also a transgender. I have no idea. But but it's it's a very it's very clear there's a lot going on, you know. It's a and complicated that's a, story. It's a complicated story. There's a lot going on there with the family. And Religion News Service, though, had a story on July 6th about this, um, well, th- which is interesting. So, uh, so it's so been going on a while. The transgender daughter son of Ortberg has a tweet out that was February 2nd. Oh, wow. I didn't see. I saw the one. I thought it was June. There must be earlier. See, that was the first wave of that. You know, there was kind of an announcement made that there was a volunteer, but it wasn't stated that it was a relative. And so I think they came out as a whistleblower against their own brother. And then there's been sort of this church inquiry over this period of time, you know, that might have just concluded here recently. And this isn't the first time uh, Ortberg's been caught up in November. It started in November. Wow. Yeah. So this isn't the first time Ortberg's been caught up in something, a scandal sex related, not not necessarily some sort of sexual abuse, but in in this nature. And that is because he was, I was right. He was in, he was in Chicago. He was at Willow Creek and he was on staff with Hybels when the stuff came out about the women who had filed about abuse or uh, misconduct. And so Orberg was there when all that came down, which is weird. And I'm pretty sure, again, this is a church that left. Remember, this church has it already is. been through a big transition, if I recall. I think it was 2014 when they voted to leave um, the, the Presbyterian. I think it was the Presbyterian, the Episcopal Church. Yep. Um, it was Presbyterian and move over to Eco, which is a new denomination that's more conservative um, and that takes the biblical approach to these issues. So now you're dealing with issues surrounding Ugh. the very thing that you your church has already gone through on a broad scale. And they paid like eight or nine million dollars, I think, to get out of the denomination at the time. Um, Ugly. Yeah. It's listen, pray for him, pray for the family, pray for all of them. I think, you know, this is just a very sad, sad story. And, and, you know, again, this is the kind of stuff people outside the church look at and that's not to make people feel bad about it, but because we can all, we all make mistakes. We all sin and we could very easily find ourselves in the middle of a scandal. And just, just to clarify, Chris, I think what happened with the, the Heibel story is I believe that Ortberg and his wife were, um, were part of the group that was saying kind of me too, in yeah, response defending to the women. defending the women. You know, what's that? He was yeah, defending, defending the, the women. women. Yes. Yeah yeah. 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 So he wasn't involved in an accusation I'm just saying he was, himself. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying he was just at to that church. That. Yeah, yeah. When he was at the church, yep. it happened yep, while he 100%. was there. Yeah. It's it, look, I mean, this stuff is more and more common. I think that, um, uh, you know, the more kind of celebrity pastors get, the more exposure there is, uh, if there's not safeguards around him, if there's not, uh, you know, I, I love when I go to, you know, some of the churches that we visit, and especially some of the larger pastors that we're in relationship with. A lot of these guys have, you know, somebody that's, you know, if it's a guy, they got a, a male assistant that follows them everywhere they go. And, you know, to really make sure that there's safeguards and that there's, you know, not opportunity for accusations and all these sorts of things. And I think that uh, I think that that's important, you know, to to have those uh uh, you know, pastors are in the same position that that a lot of you know celebrity celebrities are in, or or media figures are in. That anytime you're known by that many people, there's opportunity for a lot of problems to happen. You know, this is an instance where it's not necessarily him 
personally committing some sort of offense, but you know, it's a judgment call and keeping somebody in a situation that shouldn't have been there. And you know, th these are things well, that become blemishes. He didn't notify, according to what I've seen, the board or tell anybody about it when yeah. this was brought to his attention. And referred them to assume... counseling, but didn't take them out of the ministry, from from what I understand. But, it, I mean, it's your son. It's like one of those things. It's like your kid, right? That's the hard part, and that's what makes it so complicated. Really, what you should do in that moment is bring someone else in. But, you, you know, there's a lot of issues of shame and fear and denial that I would imagine would flow in in a moment like that. Yeah, and, I mean, the reality is if, if behavior— if bad behavior is something that disqualifies us as believers for ministry, then I don't know anybody in the country who's actually qualified to, to, you know, pastor or minister. But, you know, what I'm looking for when I'm raising up new pastors or, you know, even kind of looking over, you know, Chrissy and I in our own lives is like, I want to develop a pattern of integrity with how I handle things. It's not about never failing. It's about how you deal with that, how you walk through that, yeah. how you ask for help, how you navigate those situations. And I think that, you know, this is this I, I understand the desire to kind of keep this stuff close to chest. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, it's a situation where and, and who knows, other people could have been you know brought in and engaged much earlier, but that didn't make the story. So, you know, it, this only it's like, you know, looking through right. the people a lot of times in these in these situations. But, you know, uh, at the end of the day, if this is true, that 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 uh, um, this is a you know, this is a, a struggle that his son has, uh, you know, he really shouldn't be in a position where he is working with kids, which seems like a no brainer. Um, and, you know, man, it would have been a lot easier if that would have just been addressed early on. Yeah. Well, guys, I'm done. I don't know about you, but I feel like we've solved the world's problems and, what and it, created what it, a few more. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like this is like such a sad note to end it, but I guess pray for them. I mean, that's the thing. Like, yeah. I, I think it's so easy to talk about these things and not think, oh, I need to pray for that person. Even like Trump or Obama or whoever, like it's like, oh, I'm going to complain about this, but are we really praying for these people? And so that's convicting for me too. And also we should pray for John MacArthur. Yes, we should. Yeah. And, you know, we should also pray for Chris's chair to give out next time he leans back. <laughs> This one has a warranty, by the way. I bought the warranty. Mine keeps chair. mine keeps like deflating down because what? it's broken. Are you sitting in the bounce house again? No, I'll be like working and I'll suddenly start going down like this. <laughs> my like chair at the <laughs> office that I have is really short. I'm in I'm actually in my wife's like little office room here right now. And she has she like likes these little uh the little like plastic things that you put under your chair, whatever those are called, that like it's like covers the so we have carpet in this room. Oh, so yeah, there's like so it can those, roll. It can roll. Gla on. And it's yeah, like yeah. if you flip it upside down, you step on yes. it. It's like dying yes. a million deaths. Right. Um, and I just hate those things. So I'm, I'm constantly because apparently our house is like not even. And so I'm rolling backwards <laughs> away from my computer. And I have to keep pulling myself up to the desk. So your that's wife my has problem. Her, your wife has her hands. She does. She has some. She she's <laughs> you need to pray for her, too. You need to pray for I her. I will. I will pray for her. Yeah. And Laura. We should probably pray for Laura. She's one day going to hear it and be horrified. God, I hope so. Any chance we could ever get her on the show? I don't want her on oh. the show. For could we get her on the show without her realizing that she's on the show? Oh, yeah. I could totally call her and be like, hey, mom, what's going on? She'll just start telling you a story that's horribly, horribly unrelated to anything you care about. <laughs> so kind of, no, I would kind care of like having you on the program. <laughs> My mom would love to come on the show oh, because she her. would love to tell stories. She oh, would please. Love I, to I think we ought to do it. We could each and we could she, and she'd be, he, 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 she'd be laughing the whole time. Here's what we, there are a couple episodes that we should we should see if we can make happen. One is 
having mothers come on and tell stories, right? So have Lucas's mom on once. You could have my mom on once. You could have Billy's on a few times. And we should have we could have another one where the wives host. Or I don't the, know. I think my <laughs> wife would do it, but I'm not convinced that that would happen all around. I don't know. I feel I like JC. I don't get good JC to do it. No, and we I might think, never be allowed to hang out. They're, they would either all become best friends, or I we'd know. never be allowed to yeah, hang out. JC again. loves Andrea. <laughs> loves. Her. I think Andrea and J. I think they would actually all get along really well. To be honest, oh, with I think you. in I person think it'd they, be a, it'd be a disaster for the three of us. I, but I think I in person think it would be. I, I think they're all different enough, but similar enough to probably yep. get along. And they very all well. know that their husbands are clowns. They all three oh, of Andrea, them. Andrea thinks I'm an idiot. No, mine doesn't take um, mine seriously at all. So she, no. she tolerates me. That's just about. Well, <laughs> I am going to remain quiet on this one. <laughs> we all. How long we you been married, Chris? It'll be 19 years in a couple weeks. 90? 90 years? About 90 years. She looks years, very 19. young for so you. So I am, uh, we just had our 19th yeah. in May. So I I'm, I can't believe I'm the, the veteran marriage guy here in the guys room. Are well, this so is, old. But this is my second marriage. My first one was about four years. So. It was to a cake. I'm um, <laughs> I no, we got married as soon as my wife got out of out of college. So you were married the longest. That's kind of crazy. I've yeah, only it'll been be twenty 12. years next year. Chrissy has years. high expectations for a big twentieth. So if yeah, any of our I'm listeners have oh. ideas on locations that we need to go, how old were you guys when you got married? Uh, I was twenty-one. And how about you, Chris? I was three. <laughs> I was twenty-five. <laughs> twenty-four. I was twenty. I was twenty-four. I was, I was 24. twenty-four. I was. Wait, 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 wait. No, just a sec. I was twenty-four. 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 I don't. Know. I was twenty-four. Andrea was twenty-two, twenty-three. Yeah. Twenty-three. But no. Um, so, but yeah. So I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't know about Billy. He's he's made of money. He has seventeen houses, and and we, that's probably we should get into next week. Yeah. Um, yeah. And his, I then his, I'll know his, if I'm getting my second his, house and his so stacks of cash we that he was do a talking video about. Tour. On, we should. That'd be great. Yeah, well, I'll give you a video tour once we get internet there. But um, yeah. but I don't. The I, butler but, would carry the camera. That's right. But, I don't. I, I don't mean, know what or, we're gonna do for our anniversary. Like this year, the last two years now, or three, we've gone. We've been camping. We have. We schedule for a week of camping in in yep. August, and so it always winds up being Is it glamping or camping. Well, for JC, it's glamping. We don't do camping, camping because she hates being outdoors. I don't want to um, sleep in a tent. I'm not gonna no. lie. Like I got it's, no it's fun for a tent. while, but to do a week of it, it's no is no fun. No boy. It's bueno. fun for a day. But we've got a big family RV that's fine. But uh, that's my parents. I don't drive one because I wouldn't be caught dead driving one. But anyway, I don't know what to do. I'm getting. I've got a gift for. Her. I've got a necklace that I've got her for our 19th. But like I know that like you like you uh, Lucas, she's going to be expecting something big when it comes to the 20th. Like. Shouldn't we be? Have you been to Hawaii? Be going on a vacation of some kind. We talked about going to Hawaii. That's we what she wants. What she wants. She wants to... <gasps> Wait a minute. What if we all plan this and we all go to Hawaii? We should all go to this Hawaii. is how, this, if you yes. want to get in the most trouble ever. We all plan that we're going to Hawaii, but not telling Don't them to tell them. That, and we all just randomly get like, adjoining you're rooms. Here. You're here. Adjoining rooms. <laughs> And Happy anniversary! Rooms and we can are broadcast. we still are we still on a show right now? Yeah, I totally we are. We, have, we haven't closed the show yet. <laughs> totally this forgot. is the bonus material. So let us know where it. you think we should all go for uh, this this big anniversary here. Hawaii. So. My, I know that's yeah. what my wife's gonna say. Oh, honey, where would you like to? Hawaii. I mean, it'll be, it'll be, it would take her. I wouldn't. The words would not escape my lips before she had an answer for it's, me. It's pretty beautiful. I've been. Well, we're gonna have to go. All right. 
So you were I also guess... scratched by a rabid cat in Africa. So I wait, was, wait, wait, I had to get speaking rabies of shots. rabid cats, you showed your cat before, just before you threw your cat out, out of the Bruce. room. Bruce. Yes, Bruce. His name's yeah, is he Australian? Bruce. He is. Some days he's Bruce and some days he's Batman. That's kind of how uh, it is. other days. So it's he's a, com- a filthy it's cat. comic book I'm sorry. related. All right. Yeah. No, cats are clean. They clean themselves. It's very gross. But unlike Billy, who never cleans himself. <laughs> Fair enough. So this was this was a show of some kind. It was just wiped his head. See, it really is hot there, isn't it? There's 104 here today. 104. Oh, I've lost 17 pounds since this show started. Oh, I should come there. That yes, sounds you good. Should. <laughs> I'm thinking about what I'm going to eat after this. The Church Boys. I think they're weird. I think they're uncomfortable. I think they're pretty awkward.